This morning, I've come to encourage the people of God. Maybe it's just one person here or one person who's watching who needs encouragement. I don't know about you, but I always need encouragement. Because sometimes life can hit you so hard. You need someone to say to you, it's okay. I like what Pastor Maima says all the time, it is well with the righteous. No matter what you're going through, it is well. So every time I hear her say that, I'm energized, I'm encouraged, it is well. I used to say, it shall be well. But then when I heard her say, it is well, now I say, it is well with the righteous. And that's the truth. It is always well with the righteous, no matter what you're going through. So this morning, I've come to encourage the people of God. No one is immune to trouble. We all experience trouble. Someone said in a gathering like this, you have some people who are coming out of trouble. You have some people who are in the midst of trouble. You have some people who are just about to experience trouble. We have those three categories right here. So again, the truth is trouble is common to all men. If you don't want to experience trouble, then you have to leave the world. Because Jesus himself said, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, this is Jesus talking, y'all. In this world, you will have trouble. Uh-oh, but then he inserts, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's why believers, in spite of trouble, we can take heart because Jesus has already overcome. I think it was Bishop who said this gospel we preach is a done, 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 done gospel. Not he will, he will, he will. No, he's already done. Jesus has won the victory. So no matter whether you're coming out of trouble, you're in the midst of trouble, you're about to encounter trouble, be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome the world, not just trouble, but the world. And that means everything he's overcome. Today, I want to speak to you from a very familiar passage. The word is simple, but because the Holy Spirit takes it and he does what he alone does with it, I know it's trans- transformational. Simple word, but yet transformational. I want to talk to you, speak to you today from Psalm 23. Everybody, maybe not today, when I was growing up, even the heathens know Psalm 23. And they will open their Bibles to Psalm 23. They're not born again, they're fornicating, they're doing all this stuff, but they got the Bible turned to Psalm 23 under their pillows. So if you are a believer and you don't know Psalm 23, go and learn it today. Psalm 23. In Psalm 23, David declared, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I've entitled this sermon, 
the Lord, our shepherd, because that's who he is. He is our shepherd. And we can safely uh, say this, this verse I just read to you. We can say, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's the reason why I shall not want, because the Lord is my shepherd. David said, the Lord. He wasn't referencing anybody else or any other deity. He was talking about Jehovah God, the one we sang about a few minutes ago. He is a way maker. He makes a way out of no way. Someone said that if God made a promise to them and, and they saw a wall before them, they would run or they would go back and run with all their might and leap because when they get there, God is going to make a hole in that wall for them to get through. He is that kind of God. It is a God who said, let there be and there was. Some time ago, I said, believers are afraid of the Big Bang Fury. But let's, let's embrace it because it's true. When God said, let there be, there was a big bang. The scientists just discovering it. But you and I know that's what happened. We're talking about that Lord. The one who calls those things which are not as though they were. The one who can bring life out of death. The one who is able to part any kind of sea before you. That God, he is our shepherd. And David was specific. He said, I don't know about you. Yes, he's everybody else's shepherd. But the Lord is my shepherd. My talks about relationship. Mine talks about belonging. I belong to him. He belongs to me. He is my shepherd. This thing was personal for David. He is my shepherd. And I want you to be able to say, if you are in Christ Jesus, you can say too with David, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want I shall, that is a strong word, shall. I shall, that means I lack nothing. And it's true, we lack nothing because in Christ Jesus, God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. God has already made provision. When you have a need, that's not when God is twiddling his thumb to see, oh, how can I meet this need? No, when he was on the cross, he had you on his mind. Everything concerning you, every need. God looked through the corridor of time and he saw that you will have a need one day. And in Christ Jesus, he made provision for you. I shall not want, David declared. Now, before David became king, before he ascended the throne to become king, David was a shepherd. So David was very familiar with the shepherd-sheep relationship. David understood 
the responsibilities of the shepherd, how the shepherd cares for the sheep, how the shepherd loves the sheep, how the shepherd nourishes the sheep, how the shepherd does everything, even if necessary to lay down his life. A good shepherd would do that. And David understood that. And so he uses a metaphor to help us understand that as a shepherd is to his, her sheep, so is the Lord to us. The Lord is our, let me make it personal, the Lord is mine. I want you to say that. Make it personal with emphasis. The Lord is mine. Uh huh. In Psalm 100, verse 3, it reads Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of his pasture. Know that the Lord is God, but also know that you are the sheep of his pasture. Because the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. That means he provides everything for you, everything. In John 10, 11 to 13, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Here Jesus is making a distinction between himself, the good shepherd, and a hireling. A hireling does not own the sheep, so he could care less. He's working for pay at the end of the month. I don't know how, how regularly they were paid back then. Maybe every two weeks like today, maybe once a month. He will get his paycheck. He didn't care about the sheep, just like some of you treat your jobs. I know I, I'm, I'm, I'm moving away from my scripts. You don't see yourselves as a blessing. It's just about a paycheck. You don't want to be a hireling. I don't know where that came from, but in a way, it's good. <laughs> Everywhere you are, you represent the Lord. So he made a distinction between himself and the hireling. The, the, the shepherd, the good shepherd is concerned. In fact, Jesus went as far as saying, he didn't say, I am a shepherd. He said, I am the Shepherd, distinguishing himself from all other shepherds. There are good shepherds, and then there are gooder, if there's a word. There are gooder shepherds. And Jesus is the gooder shepherd. The shepherd owns the sheep. He has a vested interest. The shepherd laid down his life. It cost him a lot to get the sheep, to acquire the sheep. 
So he has a vested interest. He's not going to allow anything to happen to the sheep. People of God, Jesus died for you. He laid down his life. He poured out his life for you. He has a vested interest. He's not going to quit on you. No time soon. He loves you eternally. He loves you forever. And he is the good shepherd. Let us examine Psalm 23 and see how the good shepherd loves and cares for the sheep. First, the good shepherd provides for the sheep. David said, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. I'm not going to look at every specific verse. I'm just going to put them in categories. He leads me, he causes me to lie down. Well, you got to be a sheep that is so full, so satisfied to lie down. Because he does exceedingly, abundantly above. Jesus does not just, he doesn't just meet your need. He does it exceedingly, abundantly above. That you are so satisfied you can lie down. He leads, a good shepherd leads the sheep to green, green pastures, not dry ground. Even if the shepherd finds himself in a situation where there is drought, the shepherd is, the good shepherd is going to go out looking for green pasture because he is so concerned about the health and well-being of his sheep. And then he leads the sheep beside still waters. You know, the shepherd knows that the sheep is not a wild animal. And the sheep cannot handle drinking from a rushing water, an overflowing river. He is fully aware of that. And so he takes time to lead the sheep to still waters where the sheep can relax and drink. And my people, God is the same with us. He will not allow anything into his, your life that he knows that you cannot handle. In fact, the word tells us he will always make a way of escape. He is the good shepherd. He will not allow you so when you find yourself in a mess, even the one you put yourself in, he comes to your rescue. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I made a mess. He will never condemn you. He will not kick you out. He will come to your rescue. He leads us beside still waters where we can take time, where we can chill out and just drink and get full. That's what the good shepherd does. And it's true that God supplies all of our needs, not according to your bank account, not according to your job, but he supplies every need. That statement is true, that he supplies according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And my people, God is rich. He is wealthy. 
everything you need. He has a storehouse full of everything you need. And all you have to do in faith is reach out and receive it. Just about everyone here can testify. You have a testimony of how God met a need in your life. <clears throat> I was sharing with the first service that I was in college. I'm not going to give details. I was in college. And you know, I said I won't give details. I end up giving details. I was in college and something happened. I had a scholarship because my parents could not afford it. And so I got a scholarship. And I, I, uh, anyway, I would just leave it right there. I got a scholarship and I lost my scholarship. <clears throat> Thank God just about that time I got saved. I got a hold of this word that God provides for his people. And I started to pray. I prayed, Lord, I mean all summer. I, I, I didn't have peace, a new believer. I prayed, I prayed. And just, I mean, it's a long story. If you have forever, come and sit with me. I'll tell you that story. And, and I prayed and I went on campus. It wasn't the days of computers like today. Everything we had to be online. And I was online and finally got to the place. And I was so nervous. I didn't even know my name was on that list. And when I got there, they said, what is your name? I said, Chris, I met. And the guy looked, he said, check. I was so shocked. I prayed God answered the prayer and I was shocked. <laughs> and I got that scholarship. Now let me tell you about this God who gives exceedingly abundantly above. I got the scholarship for four, well three because, well, uh, three and a half years because I was the end of my first semester. So three and a half years and then every month I was giving a paycheck. In addition to the scholarship. So I went to school free of charge. And on top of that, they paid me to go to school. <laughs> Talk about God supplying. Talk about exceedingly abundantly. Matthew 6, 26 says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow. They do not reap. They don't gather things into barns, and I'm paraphrasing. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value? Jesus did not die for the birds. He died for you. That says that you are of more value. And if he can take care of the birds, I have never seen a bird planting a seed. But every time they have food to eat. And your God, the good shepherd, provides for you. I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe you are in a situation and you say, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to pay my rent. Chill out. You will pay your rent. The word says, do not worry. That's what the unbelievers do. You cannot join the unbelievers, so be worried. Your heavenly father knows how to take care of his own. He's not a deadbeat dad. They got some daddies who don't take care of their children. But Jehovah God, the good shepherd, knows how to take care of his children. Nobody is going to come after him. God, you need to take care of your own. Oh, no. <laughs> 
He knows how to do it. And he does it exceedingly, abundantly, above. There's an overflow. Second, the good shepherd provides protection for the sheep. David says he restores my soul. That word restoration means something has been lost and it's been, it has been brought back to its former place. You know, sheep like to wander. You know, they're not all that sensible. <laughs> and they will leave the fold and they will wander just like some of you. This pandemic has shown a lot of things. People have gone cold. They're no longer involved. They don't even want to come to church. Pastor D.B. said it. Oh, you know, there's some things as pastor you cannot say and somebody says it for you. I know I'm going off script, but it's good. I'm going to insert it right here and then I will drop the mic right there. <laughs> pastor D.B. said we should be praying for the unbelievers to come to church and then we are praying for you believers to come to church. You're wasting our precious prayer. Okay, I said it. I got it off of my chest. So, the sheep likes to wander. Now and then. You know, we have gone cold. We've left the word. We're not praying like before. I mean, you're not on fire. You who are on fire. You're no longer on fire, but you know what? The Lord will not quit on you. He comes after you. He is the good shepherd. The Lord will come seeking you. And today this word comes forth because he is seeking you. If you're in a backsliding state, come back to the Lord. He is seeking you. And he's coming after you. Uh, his mantra is no one left behind. So he restores. He provides protection. You know why? Because the Lord knows that when you wander from the flock, you are alone and there are predators waiting for you. I like to watch those uh, a safari, a wild, wild, everything. I hate that part when the lion pounces upon an animal and the animal is struggling for, for their dear life. And, and some of you spiritually, you've strayed away and there are predators out there, but Jesus will not allow them, the good shepherd, he will not allow them to chew you up. You may come back with some wounds, but he will heal you. <laughs> he will heal you. He is the good shepherd. He won't abandon you. He said, no, never, no, never. So he protects his own. David said, yeah, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? One commentator said the valley of the shadow of death was a strip of land where the pilgrims between Jerusalem and where the pilgrims are going up. You know, they had to go up for worship. And there was that stretch of land that they had to go through. It's called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. That's what one commentator said, or some of them said, the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Because in that valley, the road is so narrow and treacherous. 
And if you're not careful, you can slip into the ravine. If you're not careful, you will hurt yourself and die. And then in addition to that, there were thieves, evil people, robbers on the road waiting to assault the pilgrims. And so when you get to that stretch of land, man, your heart is in your chest and outside of your chest and you don't know what's going to happen. And so David remembers, and he said, even if I find myself in a situation like the valley of the shadow of death, he said, I will fear no evil, because God is my protection. Come on, we can say in this church, God has been our protection, a bulwark that does not fail. In the midst of coronavirus, we survived. And even those who got sick, they recovered. No corona deaths in our midst. Come on, people, God is our protector. And even those times when you are foolish, he still provides protection for you. <laughs> when you got no business doing stuff and in places you got no business, God still provides protection. I remember as a young person, man, we thought we were invincible. There were places we went, I look back today and I say, what? I will never, you can pay me a million dollars, never. But guess what? Woo, I see you. God protected. And he kept me because he had me on his mind for such a time as this. I could not die. I had to live to fulfill purpose. The good shepherd protects. He protects his own. So when you are going through those tough times and you feel like you're in a valley of the shadow of death, remember, as the walls surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people with protection. The blood of Jesus is your protection. Number three, the good shepherd's guarantees his presence. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He provides his presence. Now today, the Lord is present by his spirit on the inside of us. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. The Lord resides here. But you can now understand and appreciate what Moses said. He said to God, God, you're sending us to this land. And if your presence does not go with us, we're going nowhere. Because Moses understood the power of presence. presence. So when you're going through those dark times, you know you are never alone. The Lord is with you. You got a bad news from the doctor and you've become depressed. Rise up because you are not alone. Jehovah has already gone ahead of you. Nothing catches him by surprise. You were surprised, but he is not. And he is with you even in the midst. 
I learned that when a sheep is grazing in a pasture, the sheep, you know, they got their heads down and grazing, and what now and then they will lift up their heads and look around. And if they see the, 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 the shepherd, they see him around, they just go right back to, to grazing. Even if there's a predator, they will go back to grazing. You know why? Because of presence. Ah, there's safety in presence. The good shepherd makes his power available. He manifests his power on behalf of the sheep. Like I said to you, the, the sheep is grazing and there's a predator, there's a wild animal around. But the shepherd has power to chase that wild animal away and even to kill it if need be. To get rid of that thing that threatens you. That thing that comes to devour you. The Lord has power. When Jesus was in the garden, and he made a statement. He said, you know, I, I could call 10,000. Whoa. Only one angel is needed. You remember the Assyrian camp? How many angels caused those people to flee? The power of God released on, be, on your behalf. And David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's one thing to have a table prepared for you, but in the presence of your enemy. That means the one who prepared the table does not care. The enemy does not matter to him. We fret, we get anxious, we become depressed, but the enemy is no match for God because he has power. In fact, God has already whipped the enemy and we need to remind him sometimes. We need to remind him you are already whipped. <laughs> My big brother Jesus whipped you clean. Yeah, not even today. 2,000 years ago, and what he did is still effective today. You prepare a table before me. So when I hear believers, you know, God blesses them. Oh, I don't want to share publicly because the enemies, the enemies, wait a minute. <laughs> God who blessed you knew there were enemies, and he blessed you anyway. So stand up and testify. Enemy or no enemy. Devil hearing me or devil not hearing me. I'm going to testify of the goodness of the good shepherd. I love it. It looks like God is intentional in blessing us or manifesting his blessings in their presence. Oh, I mean, there's a certain environment, there's certain things we say that makes this point, but I can't do it here. Yeah, I can't say it here because everybody will not get it. <laughs> so he prepares a table. I remember the story of the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. And 
they went a few days into the desert. And then Pharaoh had an epiphany. He said, oh no, I can't let these people go. I got to go after them. And so he took a whole army and he went after the children of Israel. And they were in a wilderness. There, were, there was a canyon on the left. A ravine on the right. So they could not go left. They could not go right. They can't go back because of the Egyptian army. They can only go forward. And the Red Sea is before men you are boxed in. Some of you feel that way right now. Trouble on every hand. You look back, trouble. You look on the side, trouble. You look before you, trouble. Boxed in. Who have been in those situations my God, like every breath you take, that will be your last. But I tell you, the one who makes his power available and blesses in the face of opposition. And so the children of Israel, I was talking, talking to you about the children of Israel, the children of Israel. The children, of, <laughs> the children of Israel, the, the Pharaoh's army. And you know, God has a way of allowing the enemy to have front row seat and watch you being blessed. And so that's what God did for the children of Israel. When Moses stretched his rod and the sea parted, and so Pharaoh and his army too thought they could go through the same way. How dare he even consider that? And so really they have front row seat. It was that, you know where I come from? We have a saying, we say when you hear a news and you are repeating the news, you say, it's not they say. I saw it for myself. So the Egyptian army, it was not they say. They experienced God for themselves. And when they came after the children of Israel and they got into the middle of the sea, God allowed the sea to, I mean, they had front row seat. They thought they, were, they had made it and the sea came and swallowed them and destroyed the whole army. Jesus himself, God prepared a table before him in the presence of his enemies. They, 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 Jesus had died. I was going to say, yeah, they killed him because he laid down his life. Jesus had died. They put him in a tomb. They put a huge boulder, a huge rock. And that should have been enough. But they say, oh no, just in case the disciples come at night and they lie that Jesus arose. So we're going to assign guards. They didn't know they were taking a front row seat. So watch God bless Jesus. So watch God resurrect Jesus. So let the enemy plan. Let the enemy work all his works. All he's doing is taking front row seat to watch God bless you. Child of God, I know we all go through it when there's trouble and you become depressed. Lift up your head. 
For the good shepherd is near. He will not allow the predators to eat you up. What should our response be? Oh, Pastor Bello, I'm going to borrow five minutes from Bishop's time next week. <laughs> Tell Bishop I extracted five minutes from his time. Nobody in a hurry, are you? That's what I thought. I know you're not in a hurry. <laughs> what should be our response? Having heard this about the good shepherd, our response should be like that of David's, full of confidence and of faith. The Lord is my shepherd. And then he ends the psalm with surely, certainly, for real, real. And where I come from, we say for true, true. If you want to make the statement firm and emphatic, you say for true, true. For true, true, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Not sometimes, not once in a while, but all the days of my life. After he talked about the shepherd, he said, surely, this is certain. This is for true, true. <laughs> for real, real. You got my drift? For real, real. David was so full of confidence. Oh, I'm using Bishop's five minutes. David, <laughs> David is so full of confidence and faith. And we should respond to the good shepherd like David. Remember in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David was encountering a gigantic situation, insurmountable. This situation called Goliath. Goliath was a giant. Goliath was big. Goliath was looming over the children of Israel. It's bad enough when trouble is staring you in your face. But when the trouble begins to speak, you will not make it. Sister, so-and-so was diagnosed of cancer, and now you have been diagnosed, you will die. Brother, so-and-so did this, and this happened. Brother, so-and-so saw the, the voice of the problem come to instill fear, intimidation, doubt, and unbelief, and you stop looking at the good shepherd. Goliath was talking trash. But you know what happened? Before David even encountered Goliath, David had rehearsed in his own hearing and in the hearing of King Saul. He said, King Saul, when I was out in the field and a bear came and took one of my flock, one of my sheep, I went after the bear. I didn't let him. And I took the sheep out of the mouth of the lion when the bear came. I did the same thing. And then they had the audacity to leave the sheep and come after me. He said, King Saul, do you know what I did? He said, Say, I struck them and I killed them. Yeah. David rehearsed. 
people of God, when you're going through challenges, begin to rehearse. Remember the things God has done for you. Rehearse His word in your mind. They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Faith comes by hearing, and you keep hearing. This is what the Lord did for me, and he does not change. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. What he did yesterday, he will do again today. So David rehearsed, and man, David was full of faith. When he met Goliath head on, and Goliath was still talking trash. And David said, you Goliath, today I'm going to feed you to the wild animals. You come against me with your spear, with your javelin, with your sword. My God, the enemy was armed to the teeth. The enemy did not come to play. He didn't come to do patty cake and in Liberia we say nah fought. The, <laughs> the enemy did not come to do any of that. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so you need to rehearse what God has done for you. And, and energize yourself. Let your faith be stirred up. And then after you do that, then you turn to the situation. And say, you situation, you have a name, you call Goliath. He said, today, even though you come against me with all of these things, I am coming to you in the name of the Lord, the Lord of hosts, Jehovah God. Somebody said, talk to God. And then you talk to your problems. Talk to God. And you talk to that situation. After you've talked to God and your confidence, your faith has been built. Now you turn to the situation and say, you situation, you are under my feet. And it may not happen immediately, but you keep saying it. You keep saying it until it happens, until it's made manifest. Somebody needs to be encouraged today. I don't know what you're facing. It does not matter. Even if it's called Goliath, Goliath came down. <laughs> Oh, yeah. May the Lord give us grace. In these challenging times. That we can stand on the word no matter what. Somebody said until hell freezes over. I don't know how hell is going to freeze over because all of that fire. But until that happens, we are going to stand and believe God. Father, we thank you for the entrance of your word, that it gives life. Thank you, Lord, that your people have been challenged. And Lord, that we will stand on your word no matter what, because we have the good shepherd on our side, and he provides, he protects, he makes his presence available to us, and his power on our behalf. Lord, we thank you. If there's someone here today, you don't even have a relationship because for you to say my shepherd, it is about relationship.
You don't have relationship with the Lord. In these few minutes, I want to give you to surrender your heart to the good shepherd. Anybody, you don't, you just in your heart pray this prayer after me, Lord Jesus. I heard of your awesome love for me and how you are the good shepherd and you know how to care for your own. Today, even as your word has come forth, I realize that I'm a sinner. I realize that I don't have relationship with you, Jesus. I confess you now as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. If you pray that prayer, your sins have been forgiven and you are part of the, the sheepfold of God. And now you have the good shepherd on your side, waging war on your side. The Lord bless you.